It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only, call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 93- 3-1-381-4567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And welcome to the Virtual Bible Study. We're glad that you're part of it tonight. This is the last Virtual Bible Study for 2006. And we're glad that you've taken time to join us on the Virtual Bible Study tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, good to be with you tonight. You almost sounded like this was going to be the last Virtual Bible Study forever. It was just the last Virtual Bible Study for 2006. That's we right. plan to continue this and hope that we uh, are becoming a, a regular part of a lot of uh, people's Weekly Bible Study Regimen. We hope that you make the Virtual Bible Study a, a Thursday night uh, tradition and that you join us each week as we look to the Word of God and try to learn things there that will help us be better, more and more the kind of people God wants us to be. We're live on Thursday nights at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. We know, Dad, a lot of people are listening to us in the archive version on their iPods or other MP3 players or on their computer while they're at work. We're glad that you're listening. If you're listening at a recording, regardless if you're listening live or you're listening as a recorded version of the program, we encourage you to participate with your questions or comments. Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com or call us at 931-381-4567. Those are ways you can participate in the program. Also, you can catch us on Skype, Skype the Virtual Bible Study, by clicking on the button on our website, and you can join in on the program tonight as we talk about the scriptures with you on the Virtual Bible Study. Dad, we want to talk about uh, setting some goals tonight on the program. We did this a year ago. We set forth some spiritual goals that we should consider, ask our listeners for their comments and their suggestions on things that we ought to think about uh, devoting ourselves to in the coming year. We want to talk about that again tonight as a review and maybe as a look forward into the next year on some things that we can do better. Yeah, right at a year ago tonight, Jacob, we were talking about the new year about to begin and some things that we ought to have as a goal. So we thought that we should play upon that same time of year theme and kind of revisit those points, see how we did, uh, and see if we don't need to recommit to some of those things or maybe all of those things for the new year, try to take it to another level. So uh, hopefully... Uh, we can say some things that will be an encouragement to everybody, to us and to you as well, that we can say some things that will encourage us to put God first in our lives. You know, at the first of the year, Jacob, a lot of people are making resolutions. You know, I just wonder how many new diets will begin uh, in the new year. Uh, people committing themselves to do more exercising or maybe uh, maybe with your finances, your financial planning, you're committing to save some money where you've been spending too much in the past. A lot of people will be rethinking things and sort of making commitments to improve and do better in certain areas. There's not any area more important than spiritual things. And if, if you're going to spend time thinking about things, there's not an 
any subject more important than thinking about your spiritual life, your service to God, and how you might improve that. And so let's talk about that tonight on the Virtual Bible Study. What are your spiritual goals? What are you thinking about for 2007? Things that you'd like to improve in, and maybe some of the ways that you plan to achieve that. Give us an email, uh, questions at collegeview.com. Or call us, 381-931-381-4567. That's right. You know, this is important for us to talk about. We want to uh, we want to grow. That's what we should be all about. You know, that's what Paul was about in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. You know, we look at Paul, we think about him as a spiritual giant dad, but Paul was still in, interested in growing spiritually. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know, if Paul could be growing, we definitely can be, and so we need to think about that tonight. Exactly right. If, as you said, we, we all, I think, see Paul as just a spiritual giant. But if he understood that there was room for him to grow, to improve, to do better, certainly if Paul could improve, any one of us can improve. Uh, the thing that would be a terrible warning sign for any Christians if, if they thought they had arrived. You know, if you think you're there, if you think that you're all that you need to be, you don't need to work any harder, try any better, uh, become any more uh, uh, of a... Of a person for God's service or glory, then that's certainly a warning sign. We need to be in the mindset of constantly wanting to improve. And spiritual priority is important. You You know, you never get better in a thing that you don't think about and plan for and prioritize. Of course, the, the verse we almost always reference concerning spiritual priorities is Matthew six thirty three: Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you, Matthew 6, verse 33. So hopefully we can say some things that will be an encouragement, but we want to hear from you too. Tell us what your goals are and what are some of the things that you plan to do. Maybe something new you plan to do in the new year to help you be a better Christian. Give us uh, uh, some feedback on that. And how it's going to work tonight, Dad, if, if our listeners, any of our listeners were joining us last year, we talked about these things. We were, look, we're using the same outline again tonight, Dad. We're going to use it sort of as a review, sort of examine ourselves as how we did last year, and then we can also make notes of things we ought to focus on again this year to improve ourselves. So let us know your thoughts at 931-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com, or Skype the virtual Bible study tonight. Let's start out by talking about Bible study, Jacob. You know, it is important to study our Bibles. Um, in Second Timothy 2, verse 15, the King James Version says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, we know that the King James Version there, where it uses the word study, is probably, in our vernacular, better translated in something like the New American Standard Version where it says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, handling accurately the word of truth. So, be diligent. The King James says, Study. Uh, surely, due diligence for a Christian would include Bible study. So, I don't really care how you look at that. I, I believe Bible study would be included in the diligence that that verse urges us uh, to to do. And, you know, we've got to apply ourselves to do that. It's just, it's a necessary thing. Along that line, I want to remember, remind everybody, we, we made an offer the last couple of weeks, and we, re, we will repeat the offer tonight. Uh, the College View Church here for the last several years has published a Bible reading calendar, and uh, we are making that available to anybody who wants one. If you'd like to have a calendar for 2007, 
that includes daily Bible readings, send us uh, a message, questions at collegeview.com, and in that message, include your regular mailing address, your snail mail address, your U.S. Postal Service address, so we can actually hard copy you a, uh, uh, a copy of this Bible reading calendar. I really like the, the format of this calendar. It has readings for five days a week instead of seven, so that if you happen to get behind today, you got a chance to catch up. It has both New Testament and Old Testament readings. You can choose to read through the New Testament in a year or the whole Bible in a year. And uh, it is arranged so that you're sort of reading chronologically through the Bible, not not necessarily just as the Bible is printed, but actually you're reading the history, for instance, of Old Testament events, but then you'll also be reading at the same time reading the prophets who were prophesying in that same historical time period. I think it's really a good Bible reading schedule. It's not one that's original with us, but I do think it does a good job and will really help people if they'll apply themselves to that. So if you'd like a copy of that Bible reading calendar, send us a message, questions at collegeview.com, and just say, send me the Bible reading calendar, give us your snail mail address. We'd be glad to do that. That would be a big step, Jacob, towards someone fulfilling the commitment to read their Bible more in the new year. Certainly. We uh, must understand the importance of study, as you read there in Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, and Paul's instruction to Timothy in First Timothy chapter 4, verse 13 through 16. Paul instructs, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, in verse 15. Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and then them hear thee. A couple of things of interest there, Dad, in First Timothy chapter 4, verses 13 through 16. Paul gives Timothy instruction to read and to meditate upon the things. And notice what he says there in verse 15. What's going to be the result of that? Timothy would profit and he would grow as a result of reading and, and meditating on the things that Paul uh, had him to read there. Jacob, you know, if you... If you uh analyze that passage and if you read any commentators who have written about it there's a high probability that there where he said give attendance to reading that more than likely he was making reference to the public reading of scriptures if you stop to think about it back in those days very few people would have had their own copy of the of the inspired word you know and so they're coming together and hearing it read publicly was a very important thing think of the advantage that we have where we all have our own Bibles, most of us have multiple copies of the Bible, have it in different translations so that we can compare them one to another. We've got a great advantage, and yet we don't avail ourselves of it. We don't read like we should. So uh, last year we mentioned this. If you made a commitment to read last year, how did you do? Send us an email. Did you get through the Bible? If you said, yeah, I made it. I, I read the whole Bible in 2006. Congratulations to you. We'd like to hear from you. If you say, you know, I started that and I didn't follow through, then the thing to do would be say, I'm going to make a new commitment to that, and I'm going to I'm going to finish this year what I didn't get done last year, and recommit yourself to reading the Bible. And you know, Paul told Timothy that if he would give himself to the Scriptures and to meditating upon them, he would profit. If you had a, re- a renewed interest and renewed dedication to studying the Word of God last year, let us know what you profited. How did it inf- affect you? How did it help you to grow spiritually? Let us know your thoughts, 931-381-4567, or questions at collegeview.com. One other thing there, Dad, from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 13 through 16, and an important thing to notice, that Paul said that if Timothy would do this, he would save himself, and he'd also be an influence on those around him. 
This is how important it is. We're talking about our salvation here. We're talking about how we can be an influence and a light in the world. Without the Word of God, we can't be an influence. We cannot have an effect on those around us. Well, you know, if you just think about it, Jake, if you think about all the other influences in our life, you know, all the media, you got radio and TV, newspaper, Internet, bombarding us with, with content, both good and bad, unfortunately an awful lot of bad. Here's something 100% pure and good. And we need to be influenced by it on a regular daily basis. You need to be reading your Bible. So uh, uh, have, you, have you done it? Have you made it? Uh, uh, even if you read the Bible through, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of people, so I read it through last year, I'm going to read it through again this year. Uh, and one of the interesting things about Bible study, I think almost all Bible students would agree, when you read it again, you'll pick up things that you didn't get before, you know, it's amazing how the Bible always contains something that you, you'll find a kernel of truth there or a bit of information that had just slipped your attention in the past. It's very valuable to be reading it on a regular basis. And we've got to meditate on it, Dad. As Paul told Timothy, you've got to meditate. You've got to think about the things you read. It doesn't do you any good just to read it if you don't think about it and meditate on it and allow it to change your lives. And so we've got to spend some time. We've got to turn off the television, turn off even the clean programs, you know, the, the hunting and fishing program. Maybe we need to turn that off. So that we can spend some time thinking about God's Word. One thing, don't turn off the virtual Bible study. That's right. We'll help you study the Bible if you'll be here on Thursday night. So anyway, first point for our study, and uh, we talked about this last year. How'd you do? Uh, it's certainly a point to be made for the new year. Let's commit ourselves to Bible study. Let us know your thoughts. What do you think about Bible study? What do you think are some of the benefits that you have enjoyed and benefited from as a result of reading the Scriptures? Let us know those thoughts. Let us know some things that you're going to focus on in the coming year so that you can grow spiritually. Send us your comments or questions to questions at collegeview.com or give us a call at 931-381-4567 or you can Skype the virtual Bible study tonight. All right, got an, I already got an email here, Jacob. Somebody's requesting the Bible reading calendar, so uh, that, that may be a good idea to help people. If you're interested, certainly send us your snail mail address, and we'll get you a copy of the Bible reading calendar. We'll get it out just as quick as we can so that you can start the readings. And the readings are scheduled to begin next Monday, actually January 2nd. So get us your email uh, and send us your snail mail address so we can get it out to you. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we get back, we want to hear from you. 931-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com, or Skype the virtual Bible study. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The Virtual Bible Study will be right back after this. Hello, everyone. I'm Britt Haynes. I'm a member of the College View Church of Christ. A lot of people in the religious world today tell us that as long as our heart is right and we truly love God, we can do whatever we want in our service to Him. They say that what we do doesn't matter because God is only interested in our heart. I believe they have it all wrong. True, God is interested in our hearts, but He's also interested in our actions. One reason why is because our actions describe the true condition of our heart. This is what Jesus taught in Matthew 12, verse 34, when he said, For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. So I believe that if we are doing whatever we want to in our service and are not serving God exactly like he has asked, then our heart is not right before God. The members of the College View Church of Christ are committed to making sure that both our hearts and our actions are pleasing to God. If you're interested in doing the same, we encourage you to join us for worship this Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. Hello, my name's Jeffrey Vernon. I'm 13, and this is the Virtual Bible Study. 
For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The Virtual Bible Study continues. And welcome back to the Virtual Bible Study. We're glad that you're a part of it tonight. And we look forward to your comments. We hope you'll share your thoughts with us. If you're just joining us on the program, we're talking about resolutions for the coming year, how we can make resolutions to grow and be more profitable to God spiritually. And we'd like to know your thoughts. What can we do in the coming year to ensure that we grow spiritually? We've talked about Bible study and how important that is. And we've got lots of things that we want to talk about, but we'd like to hear your thoughts. Let us know your thoughts and your comments by calling 931-381-4567, by emailing questions at collegeview.com, or by Skyping the Virtual Bible Study tonight. Jacob, uh, an area that's got to be a concern for all Christians, and it ought to be a priority as we enter into this new year. We Again, something we've talked about in the past, we'd like to hear your thoughts about maintaining purity of life and holiness. Uh, you know, we have got to be different from the world. The world is uh, wicked and evil and getting worse day by day. The strong influences of the world are pressing upon us. And we need to be maintaining moral purity and holiness in a wicked world. And that needs to be a part of our planning process. We need to think, in other words, we shouldn't just sort of be bumbling along day by day without a plan. We need to think about things that will help us maintain holiness. You know why, Dad, why we have to make that a priority? Because the fact of the matter is Christians simply aren't. They are not maintaining purity from the world. Christians are being tarnished by this world that we live in. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I think, I think the world grows more and more wicked. I, I, I think Christians typically are not at the cutting edge of that, but as the world grows more and more wicked, it drags Christians along, and so, uh, we, we follow the trend. We may not be at the leading edge of that trend, but we're following the trends of the world, and we can't do that. How are you going to maintain purity from the world that we live in in the coming year? Let us know your thoughts. Send us those comments via email or give us a call on the phone. You know that we've got to make it a priority, and it's got to be something that we focus on, is that we do not allow the world to tarnish us. And one way that it does is by the immoral thoughts that are bombarding us on a constant basis. That's right. There's this, uh, we've already commented briefly, but there's just all kinds of influences in the modern media that try to get us to think about evil things. We've got to control our thought processes. Uh, it's a true statement that thoughts precede actions. And so when we think about evil things, then it leads us to do evil things. But, you know, the Scriptures teach us that the thoughts themselves are sinful if we allow ourselves to think about sinful things. Absolutely. In Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, we're instructed casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. If we don't have our thoughts under control and we're thinking on things that are impure, we're sinning as a result. Well, yeah, and, and you think about the things that we that people see on TV, the kind of movies that they watch, the Internet content that they view. It's very dangerous because it causes you to think about things. Uh, Proverbs 23, verse 7 says simply, As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So your thoughts make you what you are. If your thoughts are on evil things, then you become an evil person. You know, I'm, I'm appalled, Jacob, uh, to hear Christians refer to the movies, for instance, that they go to look at. And I, I've had multiple instances where Christians uh, seem to have no shame in admitting that they've gone to see R-rated movies, for instance. Well, why are they doing that? They're filling their minds with this moral filth, 
And then they, they don't expect that to have a, an impact on their on their daily living? It does have an impact, and here's how I know it has an impact, because Christians will go and watch these movies, and they'll come back and say, you know, it was a pretty clean movie. It was pretty good, and it was really clean. There were only a few cuss words, and there was only one scene with some nudity in it and a little bit of violence, but it was a pretty clean movie. It's very clear that that uh, is causing us to think in ways that are impure, the world is rubbing off on us, and it is causing us to think that uh, it's okay if there's a little bit of sin. You know, would God say that a movie's pretty good if it has a few cuss words, has a little bit of nudity, or some violence? You know, it, it, it's an old illustration, but I think it makes the point. Would you sit there and watch it if you knew the Lord was sitting right beside you watching the same thing at the same time you're watching it? And, you know, most people would be, absolutely not. But the, the reality, the fact is he is there and he does know and he is completely aware of what you're seeing and what you're thinking. You know, a verse that's really been meaningful to me along these lines is what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount when he said... Um, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, in the Beatitudes, he said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Well, who's going to see God? Those who are pure in heart. What's it imply about those who do not maintain purity of heart? Well, they're not going to see God. So, if you want to see God, that is, if you want to have an eternal home in heaven, then you've got to control your thoughts. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I, I think that'd be a, a verse that everybody could do well to memorize. And as we go into this new year, you see something that, you know, you realize you shouldn't be seeing it. Turn that TV set off. Don't go to that movie. Flip away from that, from that website. As soon as you see something that you know a Christian shouldn't be looking at, think, blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. That would be a big help in the new year, I think. We've got to maintain purity. We've got to increase our holiness in the coming year. We can do that by controlling our thoughts. We can also do that by controlling our actions and living a pure life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, we read, There have no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that year able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. The instruction there is that we can live a pure life. We've got to be willing to seek that way of escape that God provides and so that we can avoid sin in our lives. There's, there's no temptation taking you such as common as mix, such as is common to man. That is, you're not dealing with anything that others haven't dealt with before and are also presently dealing with. And God's not going to let you be tempted above your ability to resist that. And so you can't use the excuse. Of, I don't know how many times I've heard people say, I just couldn't help myself. Yes, you can help yourself. God promises to help you, and you can help yourself, and you can overcome that temptation. You've got to work at it. You've got to maintain holiness and purity of life. That's right. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 12, we understand the benefits of doing that. We read in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, beginning, For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and his lips that they seek no guile, speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. There's a benefit to us, Dad, if we'll follow this way of life of maintaining purity from the world that we live in. Yeah, I think that needs to be something that every Christian thinks about. What can you do differently that will help you in 2007 live a purer life, be more morally pure and upright than you have been in the past? And again, as we were saying earlier, nobody can say, I'm there, I have achieved, I am as I'm as good as I need to be. You can do better. I, I can do better. We can all do better. What specific things can you do that will help you have a purer heart and a, and a, a holier life? Think about that in 2007. Jay, we got an email. We asked for some feedback on, uh, on our first point about studying the Bible regularly. We've got an email from a friend in Florida. 
she says, I enjoyed reading the Bible this year using the daily calendar that you provided. It was the best plan that I had used. We appreciate that recommendation. And uh, uh, as I was saying earlier, I do think it's a really well laid out plan for Bible reading. So if you'd like a, a copy of that Bible reading calendar, uh, send us an email. In fact, the email I got earlier, Jacob, I've already got the envelope address and ready to stick it in the mail. So you send us your email address. We'll get you one out, hopefully, in tomorrow's mail. All right. Send us that email with your address so we can send you the Bible reading calendar. And send us an email with your questions or comments as we talk about our priorities from the for the coming year. What can we do to maintain purity in this impure world? What can we do to grow spiritually? Let us know your thoughts. 931-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Or use the Skype button on our website to participate tonight. Jacob, we got an email from our friend Mike here in Columbia, Tennessee. Mike, we're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study. He says in the re- recent church bulletin, the following statement was made. Americans will spend nearly 10 hours a day watching television, surfing the Internet, reading books, newspapers and magazines, and listening to music this year, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. That was reported by Reuters News Service on the 15th of of, uh, December. Mike adds, this shows that we spend too much time using today's media. A good New Year's resolution would be to read the Bible every day. This will help make our new year a happy one. I think Mike's exactly right. You know, that is a, that, that, those statistics really emphasize what we were saying, Jacob, about how there's so much being pressed at us that's trying to get us to think about other things and even evil things. We need to concentrate on thinking on pure things, and and reading the Bible daily will help in that. Absolutely. You know, there's a danger, though, Dad, as we talk about the media. Not only is the media trying to give us uh, impure things to think about, it's just filling our minds with what the world thinks about, and it's not focusing on God. And uh, when we allow ourselves to be consumed by 10 hours a day of Internet and print media and television and radio, we're not thinking about God those 10 hours a day, and we got to cut that cut that time back. Well, you know, even if it was good stuff, even if it was all good, and, and of course, I don't know if you could find 10 hours of good content on TV on any given day, but let's say you could. If it was all good, that would be 10 hours in which thoughts of God and, and devotion to him and glorifying his name would be sort of pushed out of your mind while you thought about other things. Right. So that's a that's a problem. Just the time element itself is a problem. Exactly. So we've got to be careful about that. And Mike makes a good uh, re- recommendation for us in the coming year to limit our exposure to the media. Thank you for your comments tonight, Mike, and thank you for listening to the virtual Bible study. Let us know your thoughts. Nine three one three eight one four five six seven. Questions at collegeview.com as we talk about our goals for the coming year on how we can make sure. We're growing spiritually to be what God would have us to be in our lives. We've talked about increasing our Bible study in the coming year. We've talked about increasing our holiness and maintaining a pure life. What are some things that you will focus on in the coming year to ensure your growth? Jacob, um, we might talk about uh, thankfulness in the new year as something that we ought to add as a, as a goal and a priority, to be grateful for the things that God's done for us, to think about his many blessings, uh, gratitude is taught and instructed in the Word of God. First Thessalonians 5, verse 18. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We're to be a thankful people. You know, Jacob, we've talked uh, the last couple of years around the Thanksgiving weekend. We have talked about the need for gratitude and the importance of avoiding murmuring and complaining. And, you know, as we start the new year, 
we could we could make a commitment and say, you know, every day I'm going to pray to God every day and be thankful for the blessings I've received of both a physical nature and a spiritual nature. You know, physically, we live in the most blessed age in the history of mankind on planet Earth. We have an abundance and our prosperity is staggering. And, you know, I, we could not literally number the blessings that we have in the physical realm. We need to be thankful but then, realizing, once you've said that, realizing that our spiritual blessings in Christ make those things pale in consideration, the physical things pale in consideration to the spiritual blessings that God has given us in His Son, Christ Jesus, we have a lot to be thankful for. We need to spend time being thankful and finding areas where we're not thankful enough. As you mentioned, Dad, we have so many things to be thankful for. We need to make sure that we spend time in the coming year being thankful. Again, First Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We've got to find out how we can be thankful in everything, and we've got to spend time being grateful for the blessings that God has given us. If we are thankful and grateful, it will then aid us in another command, and that is to being content. We need to be more content in the coming year than we were in the past year. We need to think about that. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, Paul says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. That's an amazing statement when we think about all the states that Paul had been in, but he was content in all of them. Exactly right. He had, he had been blessed with abundance, but he had also suffered the depths of poverty and affliction and persecution, and yet he could be content because of his relationship with the Lord and his confidence in the blessings that God had provided to him. We've been instructed to think the same way. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, the New American Standard Version reads this way, Let your character be free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. That's a wonderful blessing in itself, the promise of God's help and uh, presence with us. We need to, therefore, be Content people, content with what we have. Now, we live in a materialistic age, and we've commented about that. You know, last week, Jacob, when we were talking about the things that are associated with the Christmas holiday, we talked about the danger of materialism. We live in a materialistic world, and the influence of materialism is very strong uh, in, in this age in which we live. We need to be content people. We talked about it last year, how we needed to be more grateful and more appreciative of God's blessings. How'd you do last year? Were you successful in that? Is there any room for improvement in the coming year? What do you think? Can we be more grateful? Let us know how we can. If you have any comments on that, we'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts on anything that we should focus on in the coming year to ensure that we are growing spiritually, we want to hear your thoughts. We need to hear your thoughts. We would benefit greatly from your input to help us understand some things that we can do in order to be more pleasing to God in the coming year. Time for another break, and when we get back, we want to take a call from you at 931-381-4567. We also want to take an email from you. Questions at collegeview.com is the address to use, or you can join us over the Internet by using the Skype button on our website. We'll take a break, and the virtual Bible study will continue right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. Hello, everyone. I'm Wade Shelton, a member of the College View Church of Christ. If you're like me, you've probably heard a lot of rumors about what the Church of Christ is all about. But regardless of what the rumors you may have heard, let me just quickly tell you what we are about. The College View Church of Christ is simply a group of Christians that is committed to doing everything that God has commanded us in exactly the way that he commanded us to do it. So we just simply open our Bibles and study them to determine what God has commanded us to do, and then we try to do it. It's just really that simple. 
Are you interested in being part of a group of people who have this approach to serving God? If so, I hope you will join me and my family as we worship God with the College View Church of Christ this Sunday at 9.30 a.m. I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight. Thank you again for joining us. We're talking about the coming year and how we can grow and be more pleasing to God. We're reviewing some of the things we said last year this time as we made goals for the coming year, some things that we needed to focus on. We're reviewing those things tonight. We're asking the question, did we succeed in the priorities that we set? How can we be more successful in the coming year? What are some things that we can do to ensure that we're growing spiritually? We need to hear from you to get your comments and suggestions. We can all benefit from our, our ideas on this subject, so let us know. Send us your questions, your comments, or your suggestions to questions at collegeview.com or call us on the phone at 931-381-4567 to share your comments with everyone on the virtual Bible study tonight. Jacob, uh, we're talking about some things that we talked about last year as goals for the new year. We want to know how people did. How did you do with your Bible reading? How did you do with your, uh, uh, you know, doing some things to try to limit the effects of the media, try to control your thoughts? How did you do in regards to your being thankful and grateful, eliminating murmuring and so forth? Another area that surely is important to every Christian, we, we, Talked about it as a goal last year. A lot of us tried to make it as a goal last year. It needs to be a goal in the coming year, and that is to reach out to lost people. Jacob, we're constantly surrounded by lost people. That's right, and we can become callous to that. Like we can become callous to the sin of the world around us, we can be ca- become calloused to the fact that the people around us are lost. We need to think about that, realize their condition, and realize our requirement to help them to become saved and in a right relationship with God. We see in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus said, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Jesus' purpose for being here on this world was to seek and to save the lost. And if we're to be following in Christ's footsteps, that will be our purpose as well. Is that our priority? Is that our focus? Are we focused on seeking and saving the lost? That's the question that we need to ask ourselves. Exactly right. You know, uh, as I said, we're just literally surrounded by people who need the gospel. And if they're going to get it, likely they're only going to get it from us. Because, you know, most people uh, are, are not going to, you know, seek it out without some encouragement, some prompting, some teaching and leading. And that's our job, and we need to be doing it. So when you think about that family member, who's not a Christian, you know that they need to be, but they have not made that commitment. What can you do in the coming year to urge them toward obedience? What about your neighbor? You know, been been living next to that guy for how many years now? Uh, have you spoken to him about the gospel? Or what about the co-worker? You know, you, you and him have been taking coffee breaks together for the last 25 years. One of your best friends in this world have you spoken to him about the gospel? I mean, just unlimited numbers of people that we could be talked to. We need to, you know what I think, Jacob, would be very helpful here, and I'd like to get some feedback from this. Uh, how how could you uh, in, in, uh, be more effective in reaching lost people? I, I think one of the ways that would work is to sort of in your mind, or maybe even literally on a piece of paper, make a make a list of people that you're going to target in the new year with the gospel. That's right. That's right. Tell them 
to uh, invite them to study with you. Just open up your Bibles and no uh, no pressure, just to examine the Word of God. That's an excellent opportunity to spread the gospel and to show that we have a love for the lost by wanting to teach them the gospel. And so we encourage you to focus on having an increased love of the lost. I think that's something that we all can focus on in the coming year to improve in in our spiritual service to God. Jacob, we get an email here from uh, an Indiana listener up in Indiana. Uh, and this listener says, I have been talking off and on for the past year with a young man about religion. He says there are so many different beliefs out there about God that he doesn't see any one that is right. I explained uh, that studying and getting out different views and discussing them helps to understand things more clearly. That in itself will make things more acceptable. So I plan to continue our discussions for the next year. Maybe something will be said that will open his eyes and help him see the truth. That's great. You know, we need to look for opportunities like that. This this is a primary job of Christians to share the truth of God with lost people in the world. And so when we find those opportunities, now you got to work at it. Opportunities just, you know, don't come every day and they don't come easily. But when you find a good opportunity like, like is described here, you got to really seize that opportunity and use it. We've been talking a lot about Paul tonight, and Paul is an example of someone who uh, it took a while for him to uh, to come to the truth. And so we may have to study with someone for a while before they realize uh, and accept the truth. And that's something to consider. You know, Paul was actively persecuting the cause of Christ, and then he became active in the cause of Christ. It took some time, though, and so uh, the same is true for us as we study with individuals. It may take time uh, for them to come to an understanding of the truth. But if we have the love of the lost that we should and have a love for them, we will uh, be able to uh, teach them and be able to spend the time with them that is required for them to come to the knowledge of the truth. Jacob, we got an, uh, another email uh, from also from Indiana. Brian in Indiana writes, Brian, we're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study tonight. He says, I believe as Christians we should always ask ourselves if we're doing our best service to God. Are we merely reading the Bible daily or are we trying to make application to what we have read? Are we taking advantage of worshiping God every possible chance we have? Are we working diligently on our Bible lessons that our teachers work hard to present to us? Are we maintaining our prayer life? It's very easy to get wrapped up in the daily routines of life, but we must take time to be pleasing to God. I think you're right, Brian, and I think that's the key. And that's why spending some time planning and setting goals and then consciously striving toward those goals that you've set is necessary. Because if you don't prioritize, if you don't set these goals, the kind of things that we're talking about uh, tonight, then you just don't get the job done. That's right. We get wrapped up, as Brian mentioned there, in our daily life. And uh, the day goes by and we don't uh, have any time to focus on God. Just because we're so wrapped up in all of the things that we enjoy in this life and the commitments that we have, it's going to take a priority. It's going to take a focus in order to be pleasing to God. And that's what we're talking about tonight, setting those priorities and those foc- that focus in our life. Brian, we're glad you're listening. Uh, appreciate you being out there on the Internet uh, in Indiana listening to the virtual Bible study. Jacob, um, we talked about being concerned for the lost. That's got to be a priority. But i tell you something I think Christians need to prioritize as well, and that's the idea of, of developing strong relationships with our brethren in Christ. Uh, that's not something that can be taken for granted. It's not something that should be left unattended to. That's something we need to work at. We need to uh, really strive to build close relationships in our local congregations and with our brethren in Christ 
that was part of God's plan for our spiritual well-being, and we need to pay attention to it. And one way that we do that, and the primary way that we can start along those lines of loving our brethren more, is to love ourselves less, have less concern for ourselves. In Romans chapter 12, verse 3, Paul says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according to as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. If we're going to love our brethren more, Dad, we've got to have less concern about ourselves. This world that we live in, though, tells us that we've got to look out for number one, that we've got to be only interested in ourselves. Paul tells us the opposite of that. He says to be less concerned about ourselves and more concerned about our brethren. Yeah, we live in one, well, maybe the most selfish age uh, in history. It's all about me. It's all about what's happening for me and what I'm getting out of it at the moment, you know, and so many people are only concentrating on self and their own selfish gratification, and the Bible warns against that sort of an outlook. It warns us not to be selfish and self-centered. We need to look out to others, and, and in regards to this business of our relationship with our brethren in Christ, uh, selfishness just completely inhibits those relationships, whereas if we will look out to others uh, and and look to their needs, look to how we might help and serve them. You know, develop a servant's heart. That's an important thing. Notice what Jesus said in John chapter 13. This was the episode where he had washed his disciples' feet. And when he had finished doing that, he said in John 13, 13, Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then your Lord and Master have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily I, verily, verily I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Uh, Jesus there was not teaching a ritualistic foot washing. Some denominational people have suggested, you know, that we have to go through a ceremony of foot washing. That's not what Jesus was teaching. He was teaching to be a servant. And you know, as brethren in Christ, we have a great opportunity to serve one another, to be of assistance to one another. I'm concerned, though, that Christians don't even think about one another. From from one worship service to the next, the, the thought of their brethren in Christ never crosses their mind. And that's, that's a bad thing. We need to work to, to nurture strong relationships between brethren. You know, we talk a lot about what this verse doesn't teach. This verse does not require that we physically wash our brethren's feet. But we can't focus on what it doesn't teach and avoid what it does teach that. And it tells us in clear terms there that we're to be servants of one another. And notice what Jesus said there in verse 17. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. We'll be happy if we become servants. That's not what the world teaches us. The world tells us that we can only be happy if we take care of ourselves. Jesus tells us that we will be happy if we can be a servant. That's what we've got to do. How can we take on that role then? How can we fulfill the instruction that Jesus said there? to wash our brethren's feet. What are some ideas you got? Well, uh, I think, again, it, it takes some goal-setting and some prioritizing. Unfortunately, I've known lots of instances through the years in various congregations where people actually voiced the criticism, you know, I was sick and nobody came to see about me, or I, I had needs and nobody brought me food. And, and, you know, typically the people who have those complaints are the same people who've never done that for somebody else. You know, so, you know, it's it's a two way street. We need to be serving one another. And it's not that you need to be serving me. It's that we need to be serving one another. And uh, if, if we can have that outlook now, 
what we're talking about here, and tying it back to the theme of our study for tonight about goals for the new year, what are some things that you could do on a regular basis as a priority in the new year to let your brethren in Christ know that you really appreciate them, that they are important to you, that you love them, and that you want to serve them? You know, think about that. And, and again, if you got some suggestions along those lines, send us an email or give us a phone call. But being a servant... And increasing the bond of affection between brethren ought to be a priority for all of us in the new year. There's some things to remember, though, as we make those priorities, Dad, and those determinations about how we can serve. A servant will do a couple of things, or do things that are characterized by a couple of different ways. Number one, it's not necessarily what the servant wants to do, and it's not necessarily a pleasant thing, but it is a service that we can provide to our brethren. Washing feet in the first century wasn't pleasant, wasn't something that you would want to do, but it was a service that you could provide, and the same can be is true for us today. If we're going to serve our brethren, Dad, it's not necessarily going to be what I want, and it's not necessarily going to be pleasant to me, but it'll be providing a service that our brethren need. I think that's exactly right, and and we need to we need to set that as a goal. Let us know your thoughts. Nine three one three eight one four five six seven or questions at collegeview.com. We're going to take a last break, and when we get back, we'll go to the top of the hour talking about our priorities for the coming year. Again, we need to hear from you. We need to know your thoughts and your comments about how you will grow in the coming year, some priorities that you plan on having. Let us know during this break, and we'll look forward to hearing from you on the other side. Stay tuned. The Virtual Bible Study continues after this. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The Virtual Bible Study will be right back after this. Hello, everyone. I'm Monty, a member of the College View Church of Christ. So you've been hearing all about the College View Church of Christ on the Virtual Bible Study and are interested in finding out more about the church. But you live hundreds of miles away from Columbia, Tennessee, and can't come and visit with the congregation to find out more. There's no reason to fear. After all, we live in the 21st century. Here's what you can do to find out more about the College View Church of Christ. First, why don't you check out our website while you're listening to the Virtual Bible Study? You'll find important information about the church there, including bulletin articles there on various subjects, and can even listen to sermons that have been presented at the College View Church in the past. Secondly, if you have questions about the church or about any Bible teaching, why don't you send an email to us and let us know how we can help. Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. That address, once again, is questions at collegeview.com. We can even have a personal Bible study with you over email if you desire. And finally, if you would rather talk with someone in person, give us a call at 931-381-4567. That's 931-381-4567. You can call this number anytime. If you don't get an answer, leave a message and we'll call you back as soon as we can. We're glad you're listening to the Virtual Bible Study and hope to hear from you soon. I'm Troy Smith, and now I'm 13 years old. I'm Mike Smith. I'm Troy's dad, and we love to listen to the Virtual Bible Study every Thursday night. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Colossians 3:17. Now back to the program. And welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight. And we're talking about our priorities and how we can um, grow in the coming year. What are some things that we can focus on in the coming year? How do we do last year? Have we grown any in 2006? What can we learn from that? And what can we do in the coming year to make sure that we grow? Again, we talked about Paul at the beginning of the program. Paul, in spite of his uh, spiritual strength, he didn't count himself to have apprehended, uh, but he continued to press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. Paul knew that he could grow, and that should be our attitude as well. So what are we going to do in the coming year to ensure that we grow? We want to hear from you at 931-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com, 
or you can use the Skype button to talk with us on the Internet tonight. What are we going to do in the coming year? How can we grow spiritually? Let us know your thoughts. Jacob, we've got a follow-up email from Brian in Indiana who emailed a minute ago, and he writes back again. One more comment, he says. This is an interesting story, Jacob. Listen to this. He says, my aunt was working in an office environment back in the 1970s and was looking into converting to Catholicism. A co-worker suggested that she read a tract describing the New Testament church. Eventually, her co-worker, a member of the Lord's Church, set up Bible studies with her, and she was baptized into Christ. Later, my aunt taught my mother, and she was converted. My father was later converted out of Catholicism. Years later, I obeyed the gospel. Had it not been for that kind act from my aunt's co-worker, I may not have ever been taught the truth. We need to realize how much of an impact we can truly have on the lost by teaching the gospel. That's a great story. Look how that chain developed. Just... It started with a Christian just sharing a Bible tract with a co-worker, and it led to a conversion of a whole family. And we can still do that. I mean, there's that any Christian can do that. You can hand somebody a tract. You can hand them a flyer for a gospel meeting. You can you can give them a, a correspondence course. I mean, they're just if you don't feel qualified to teach a class yourself, there's all kinds of teaching aids that you can use. That's a great story, and that, that story needs to be imitated and repeated again and again, and lots of us as Christians can do more in that direction. We need to remember that in the coming year. Thank you for that uh, comment, Brian. Appreciate uh, that information tonight. Let us know your thoughts, 931-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. You know, we've talked about uh, the fact that we need to have an increased love for our brethren to add. One of the ways that we can show that and we show it to the world around us that we love uh, love them as well is by having an increased generosity in the in the coming year. You know, we live in a selfish time in which we focus on ourselves, yet uh, the Bible tells us very clearly that we need to be generous people. That needs to characterize Christians is that they have a generous heart. You know, I'm, I'm concerned um, for myself and for most Christians that I know, that I, I think that we do not do enough good to people in need. Uh, you know, we we excuse ourselves by saying there's a lot of deadbeats in the world who don't deserve help, and that's certainly true. But then we don't do enough to to really find legitimate opportunities where we can help people. And the Bible says so much about that. Galatians 6 verse 10 says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially to them who are of the household of faith. We need to be looking for opportunities to use our blessings to be a blessing to others, to to generously help them. Uh, The Bible teaches us to do that. So... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of some ways in, in my own case to implement a, a plan or a priority to be more helpful to legitimately needy people. And I, I, I would personally appreciate any feedback that our listeners might have along that line, but I do think that it's a worthy goal. It needs to be a goal. Again, as we talked about the fact that these things are priorities that we need to put in our lives, Dad, we need to focus on them in the coming year. If we don't focus... I'm looking for those opportunities to do good to all men, especially to those of the household of faith. If we're not looking for those, if that's not a priority, then we just simply won't get it done. Something we need to focus on in the coming years. Being more generous, God wants us to be generous people. Yeah, and one of the things that has happened in in our culture in, in the last several decades is that all that sort of thing has sort of become institutionalized. You know, I expect some institution to take care of needy people, be it the government or be it some other benevolent agency of some sort or another, to the point that I just don't feel a personal obligation or a pressing need 
to be involved in helping needy people. And, and I'm afraid that we're not doing enough of that. Certainly the Bible says a lot about it. And we need to, uh, 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 here I'll, I'll kind of get on my own personal soapbox. I'm going to try to make that more of a priority and try to implement some efforts in that direction in the coming year. Let us know your thoughts. 931-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com are the ways you can participate in the night tonight. Plenty of time to go on the program to hear your thoughts on the virtual Bible study. As we talk about our goals for the coming year, we've got to be more generous people. We can grow in that area and we need to focus on that. And another area where we can likely improve that is uh, showing more hospitality. This would kind of go with the point we were saying earlier, Jacob, about developing strong relationships among brethren. Uh, it, it's hard to have strong relationships between brethren if if brethren don't feel like they're welcome in one another's homes and, and are not the recipients of hospitality. Uh, you know, I'll be your friend but I, I don't want you to come to my house, and and I wouldn't come to your house if you did ask me. How can we develop a strong bond of affection if that's our outlook on things? And yet far too many Christians have that outlook. So how about in the new year making it a priority to say, you know, in this coming year, I'm going to do a better job of sharing hospitality with my brethren. Certainly. You, you know, it's impossible for us to have that relationship, as you said, Dad, if we just see each other hours a week and we don't have a contact with one another we must show hospitality it's one of the instructions for elders one of the qualifications for elders in first Timothy chapter 3 verse 2 that they are given to hospitality and as we talk about the, the qualifications for elders we talk about the fact that those are th- characteristics that every christian should strive for we all should strive to be hospitable first peter chapter 4 verse 9 tells us to use hospitality one to another without grudging we need to be hospitable people, Dad. And as we talked about the world that we live in and how that uh, certain things about our world are not conducive to being pleasing to God, our world is going less and less towards away from hospitality. You know, the, the the characteristic of the world around us is to not focus on spending time with one another, but to spend time with yourself at home with your family. But uh, the Bible tells us to be hospitable. To well, you know, it used to be, Jacob, years ago, people would sit out on their front porch and visit with their neighbors. Others would come by and sit down for conversation. We don't sit out on our porch anymore. We stay in our air-conditioned houses, and we watch TV or play on the computer, and we don't even know the people who live next door to us in many instances. And that's a problem. We we need to to reach out and uh, hospitality is an important way of doing that. You know, there's a, there's an argument that some make that the the word hospitality is found in the Bible involved exclusively the entertaining of strangers. That is, you know, maybe somebody traveling, a Christian traveling, needing a place to stay. And I've heard people excuse themselves, say, we don't have to do that anymore because there's good hotels and motels for them to stay in today that they didn't have back in the first century. Well, I think that verse you read, Jacob, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9, suggests that it wasn't just entertaining strangers, but using hospitality one to another, it says, in the context of 1 Peter 4, I think does not suggest it was with strangers exclusively. What do you think? How will you show hospitality in the coming year? Can you improve? Can you show more hospitality in the coming year? Think about that. If you have any comments, let us know. We still have time to take a call or an email from you. 
Dad, as we talk about uh, setting priorities in the coming year, it's important for us to understand the seriousness and the urgency of this, of growing spiritually, of being about our Father's business. We must have an urgent uh, sense about us, in fact, that uh, we are uh, diligent and we realize the sense of urgency in doing what God would have us to do. Yeah, Jesus said, John chapter 9, verse 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Jesus felt that there was a, an urgency about getting his work done for the Lord, and we need to have a sense of urgency about it. No, it's not something that you just don't think about. It's not something that you just go about haphazardly or casually. It's something that you consciously plan for, and you urgently work toward achieving goals for the Lord. That's, I think that's the real advantage of a time like this, when people talk about making resolutions, sort of measuring themselves, see how they're standing. We need to see where we're at and have a sense of urgency about improving and doing better. We may not have an unlimited amount of time to get it done. James chapter 4, verse 14 says, Whereas you know what now shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, then vanisheth away. Our life may not be here this time next year. At the end of 2007, we may not be around to talk about priorities for 2008. Therefore, we need to have a sense of urgency about growing and doing what God would have for us in our life now, in the coming year, immediately putting these things into practice. We need to focus on that in the coming year. And as we do all of these things, Dad, we need to focus on heaven, realize why we're doing what we're doing, because we realize this world is not our home, that we're looking for a better place, for a heavenly kingdom, that uh, we are looking for that home in heaven, and we need to focus on that more in the coming year. You know, we talked earlier about the Apostle Paul and what a great example he was. Notice his statement. What, what was his priority? As, as he looked at his life, what were his goals and what were, what were the things that were driving him? What were his motivations? Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, beginning, he said, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And then he wrote in Romans 8, verse 18, he says, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You know, you look at Paul, and if this, if this was New Year's Day or New Year's Eve, and Paul was thinking about his goals for the new year, what do you, what do you think his priorities would be? No doubt about it. He was striving for that goal of heaven, and and no nothing that he had to suffer, no nothing that he had to do. He he didn't see it, it. It didn't compare with what he knew was awaiting for those who faithfully serve the Lord, and that kept him moving forward. That's what we got to do. We need to focus on heaven. As we live in a world where life is very comfortable, and more and more innovations and inventions are developed on a daily basis to make this life more comfortable. We're tempted to think that this world is our home. We need to remember that it is not, and we need to focus on that in the coming year. Focus on our goal of heaven. And as we do all this, Dad, we need to remember and focus on and trust in the promises of God. Trust in God and his promises. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, we read, Trust in the Lord with all mine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. God has made promises to us that he will fulfill. We need to have faith and trust in those promises. In the coming year, we need to grow our faith in God and his promises. Exactly right. We, we uh, got a whole new year ahead of us. Uh, well, if the Lord wills, we'll have a whole year ahead of us. But we've got some time to think about our service to God. How have we been doing? What can we do better? Certainly, it's it, uh, any 
personal reflection along those lines is worthwhile. And uh, we hope we've been able to say something tonight, Jacob, to encourage people to think along those lines. The goal is, the end of the year, next year, we'll look back to this time and we'll say we're much stronger than we were the end of 2007. That's our goal. Well, what, 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 what do we say right now? Am, I'm a better Christian now than I was this time a year ago. I mean, that's, and if I'm not, then definitely I need to put some changes in place to turn that trend. Exactly. Well, and let's remind our listeners, Dad, one way that we can do that is by studying the Bible on a daily basis. And we've made an offer that tonight uh, that any of our listeners uh, could give us an email with their snail mail address, and we'll send them a Bible reading calendar that will help them in the coming year to read the Bible as uh, on, a, on a schedule. Yeah, we'd be glad to get that out to you. We'll do it just as quick as we can so you can start those Bible readings uh, immediately. Thank you for your time tonight, Dad, and for the discussion. Some good things to think about. Need to keep in, in our mind in the coming year. We hope everybody will make it a goal in the new year to set aside an hour on Thursday night. Use your computer for something good. Plan to participate in the virtual Bible study every Thursday night. Uh, we, we hope that you'll be out there. Thank you for listening tonight. Be back, Lord willing, next week for the first virtual Bible study of 2007. And bring a friend to join you on the virtual Bible study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life. Study His inspired word, the Bible and live by it every day, you'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.